from the Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Do you need help starting or resetting your priorities? During the month of September, in addition to my regular episodes, I'm having a September self-care series. This series is going to focus on getting your mind, body, and soul a much-needed push to start or get back on track. I've got some amazing guests discussing topics ranging from healthcare to career development that will motivate you to take action. This series is going to leave you feeling inspired and ready to invest in yourself. You're worth the risk. Are you enjoying the Hustling Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustling Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustling Faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustling Faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Mary Adiemi. Mary is a finance professional, early career coach, and author. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi, Tasha. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself? Tell me about yourself. The most common question. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I usually say like, I, I, t- I try to def- like talk about who I am as opposed to like what I do because that's always like the more the more natural thing that sure sure so I, would, I would say that I'm a I'm a you know passionate purposeful and people oriented woman mm-hmm. uh, and I and I get to live out all of you know these traits in pretty much everything that I that I do so as a you know whether it's like my family life or um, my work. I'm a I'm a finance professional. I'm a risk manager by profession. I've been I've been working in financial services for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I've kind of walked the tightrope of um, of working in banking, but also with a, a lot of social pursuits. Um, uh, kind of along the sides, I've been I've been side hustling pretty much all of my career. Mm-hmm. And so, outside my functional role, I. Um, I've spent uh, thousands of hours working and, you know, working with developing, executing and managing sort of, you know, talent recruitment and training programs, primarily for early career professionals. Uh, That work that I was doing kind of led to me uh, founding my social first organization, Visibility. um, And so I run that um, alongside my my day job. And we are um, we are. A pseudo charity, not exactly charity, but pseudo charity, and we work to improve the outcomes for Black women in the marketplace through inspiration, coaching, and community. Um, and then I, I kind of run, a, I run an early career strategy practice as well, alongside that. And yeah, so that's um, yeah, pretty much. I'm sort of like a value add kind of person. So any place where I feel like I can make a difference, you always find me there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so all of the things you just listed super impressive and you must be running off a of pure adrenaline at this <laughs> oh my goodness that is amazing but somehow <laughs> I try to prioritize <laughs> yes yes I completely understand and I I, I completely relate to you in, in regards to the side hustling thing because I've been doing that throughout my career as well so uh yeah kudos to you so I know I, I know that takes a lot of energy to do that <laughs> Mm-hmm, absolutely. So why did you decide to get into financial services? Um, a little bit of push and pull, I think. Um, okay. so it's, been a, it's been a while, but like the push is, I'm Nigerian, right? So uh-huh. growing up Nigerian in the early 90s, that type of time, your parents kind of only really saw like a few options for a career right now, like careers could be pretty much anything, but you know, then, you know, you're either going to be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, 
an engineer or an accountant. So it's kind of really the four options. That you're <laughs> wow. Um, and you're, you're kind of coached toward that for like the longest period of time. And I think I just, by a process of elimination, um, I kind of said, I, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't like blood. I don't want to be a lawyer because when I watch um, Bollywood movies, they're always killing the lawyers. So we'll move <laughs> from that. Um, I don't want to be an engineer because I just, I, at the time, I just thought like engineering was just a ma- like a male dominated thing. And I didn't really like um, sort of much of the sciences really. So I thought, okay, maybe not that. And then I kind of thought, okay, accounting, I like money. That kind of makes sense. It feels like it's safe. Um, this is not a safe enough choice. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, but I think that's more of the push. But I guess the pull really then happened is when I started doing like classes in you know, in that commercial space, um, whether it's sort of, you know, business, economics, accounting and finance, that type of thing, I just really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And I knew like I was really good at them. I was quite natural at it. I didn't feel like I had to overinvest um, to do really well. And so thankfully, um, I kind of landed in, in the right place so that I know a lot of, I know a few people who like had the push, but they never really had the pull. Um, sure. And they ended up in the wrong careers all of their life. And that, that just wasn't my stories. So I kind of had both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whilst I was at university, uh, I studied at University of Lancaster in the UK, and uh, I studied accounting and finance, loved my program, graduated, and then when I started looking at um, internship opportunities, I just could not find internship opportunities in accounting. I, it didn't matter what I did, I just, just couldn't get in, and I just could not find a place. It just seemed like they did not want me at all. Um, and I applied for any and every accounting um, accounting firm out there, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And this was just before, like, we kind of hit the financial crisis. Uh, so I then started kind of exploring careers, alternative, just alternate internship opportunities in banking. And then I realized, actually, I really like this um, <laughs> vis-a-vis what I thought accounting was going to be. Um, and so I basically started, that's how I started my career sort of within risk management. And I, I started, I started my career in 2008, right in the middle of financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an interesting time to be a risk manager. Cause we we're kind of basically living out a risk that, you know, people yeah. happen, but I didn't really think, didn't really think it could. Uh, and so it was a really tumultuous time for the industry, but also, and, and also personally for me, um, but, you know, it, it was a great time to, to, to learn, uh, to adapt, to see things that probably will not, will not see for another 50, 60 years, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of how I landed in financial services. And I've been there now, yeah, 15 years, I think, this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. that That is amazing. I, I love that story because essentially you created your own opportunity which is something that I preach all the time on this podcast, create, create your own opportunity. You don't have to go down a path that other folks want you to go down. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, you mentioned that you've been in the financial services industry for about 15 years. So um, as someone else who works in the corporate world, uh, it, it can get kind of lonely, right? So are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? Why or why not? Hmm. Um, I don't think I am comfortable <laughs> with being uncomfortable. I wonder who is. Um, this is probably the question I would ask. I think it's a pretty uncomfortable feeling being uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I've come to recognize over time that being uncomfortable is just part of the process. Um, part yep. of it's part of the growth. So I may not like it, but it's an it's a necessity. I agree. Um, yeah, so I think it's just not this. I, I don't think I'll ever feel comfortable being uncomfortable, but you just, I kind of learned to welcome the, um, the, that feeling of, of the feeling of fear that comes with doing something new or trying mm-hmm. things. But of course, having, having the right strategies to be able to deal with your mindsets, to be able to, um, not self-sabotage, uh, when new things are coming your way and, you know, uh, and, and just, being able to understand that it's part of the growth story and embracing it um, is probably the is, is I think it's part of the maturity of life um, that 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 I've had to really work on, you know, throughout. So definitely not comfortable being uncomfortable, but it's a necessity for anyone who wants to grow. 
in their personal life, in their business, in their career, you cannot, um, you basically can't go to somewhere new if you're not willing to go to somewhere new. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that makes perfect right. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> right, yeah. So if you want to go to somewhere new, you have to be willing to go to somewhere new and actually like take the leap. And um, I think I see that with quite a few of my of my clients is they're like, oh, I just want something different, but they're actually not attempting anything different mm. uh, you know and you know in my in my world there was well I'm not sure if it's this church I think it was probably one of my pastors I said this for the first time but I've heard this multiple times subsequently is about how like doing doing the same thing and expecting a different result is oh my like, goodness I was gonna say that yes. I immediately that, thought of that <laughs> um, so it's that it's that thing of knowing like you know if you want a different result you're gonna have to try something else and that's going to come with this sort of un- uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. that you're just going to have to learn to embrace um yeah and and, and that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to cry through it or oh yeah <laughs> you're going to crying and you're going to do the uh you're going to do the most <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the whole like you know feel the fear but do it anyway i think exactly Exactly. I could not agree with you more. And so that prop, that is the perfect segue into my next question. <laughs> Why did you create Vishability? Vishability, um, Vishability is really my, is my give back. It's kind of what I say. I say it's my give back. It's my, my love letter somewhat. Um, and it's the organization that just houses all of the work that I do to, to create, or shall I say, give what I needed mm-hmm. um, in my career. Um, that's kind of why it exists really was, I started out my career, you know, as I said, like back in 2007, 2008, difficult times, but as a black woman, um, black African woman in living in the United Kingdom, working in financial services, I really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily with the technicals. I think that I kind of knew my job, but I felt like I th- there was like a, a class, like a workplace 101 that I just kind of, I missed the class on the workplace 101. Um, gotcha. My parents had always been public sector workers. Um, I was like going into the private sector. I didn't feel like I had anyone holding my hand in that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you layer on top of that, you this sense of, feeling of the like the aloneness of feeling like you look around you and you don't see people who look like you I looked um ahead of me and I couldn't see people I couldn't see managers or MDs or directors who represented me on the external um and I you know I kind of always had this thought of like can I actually do well here can people like me Mm -hmm. exist and do well in places like this because I don't see anyone who looks like me um, and then through that, having to figure it out on my own, having to make a lot of mistakes, having to be like the bottom, the bottom of the class, you know, when I knew I was always top of class at university or whatever, I was not like in the workplace and I was the bottom of the class, but mm-hmm. not because I couldn't do the job, but because I wasn't able to, um, I wasn't able to translate the work that I was doing into the perception that people had of me. And that's the thing is like in the workplace is actually not necessarily those who do well, who, who know the job or can do the job well, who get ahead. It's just yeah. those who think do the job well. And mm-hmm. so mastering perceptions, you know, was like a big thing. And I just failed miserably at that. Um, mm-hmm. I just could not communicate my, I couldn't communicate my results, uh, you know, in a strong way. Uh, and so anyway, so that I had to learn a lot through trial and error. I eventually figured it out with the help of some really good people, but I, I had to do it with a lot of trial and error. Sure. Um, and as I got more senior and I became the person that I was look, trying to find to look up to, and I started seeing like the landscape was changing. There were sort of more people like me becoming, you know, more senior within the organization and so on. And so, and then I would talk to sort of younger, you know, black women in particular coming into the firm uh, and I used to take them out for lunch and um, just random lunches and stuff. Because again, I just wanted to be what I didn't have um, to other people. I was I was desperate for that. And I, and I started doing a lot of mentoring and stuff just on like just on the side, kind of as part of just my my regular day job. And I realized like they were having exactly the same issues that I was having. 
that I had had at the time, right? And they were still also feeling like they lacked that 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 coaching piece, that sort of mentorship, the clarity of 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 like clarity in their feedback process or you know a lot of guidance on what they need to do next and you know and so on and so forth and so that was really why I kind of thought you know what I I want I want to create something where um I'm able to show and show I guess showcase the stories of you know black women who are excelling in different career spaces um so that the younger ones who are sort of feeling a bit deflated and you know they feel like they can actually in, they can be inspired and actually aspire to something um so beyond sort of the the aspiration piece but also like the represent you know having more representation of black women on you know in the media or you know having a, a kind of a, a space for uh mm-hmm. kind of more intentional coaching and development um, because the point is not that we're, it's not like we're technically weak. And I think that that's the story that keeps getting pushed around is you're yes. just not good, but that's wrong. Because exactly. actually when we look at the landscape of Shelly at university, um, you know, black women are some of the most academically strong. You're probably one yeah. of the top here in, in school, but somehow when you get to work, the whole thing just doesn't really work out. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that was really my inspiration, um, to create this and it's 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 morphed so much even in the last sort of four years that um that visibility has been going but it, it's it's really just serving in a way and, and just giving back and so for me I always say like visibility is, is is for the one it's it's not necessarily for the mass it's just for the one person that I can hopefully help to have a different experience than the one that I had. First of all, I I just wanted to thank you so much for even thinking to create this type of community and atmosphere. One of the things that drew me to you is because I had never seen anyone, um, again, and I'm based in the U.S., but still, I had never seen anyone actually create this type of organization, if you will. And it's something that is definitely needed. So you're in the financial uh, sector. I'm in market research, but I... I was nodding and agreeing to everything you said because that's exactly how I felt. I, I knew I had the chops for what I was doing in my career. But again, like you said, it, it, there's a difficulty in trying to um, relay those achievements that you've done, you know? So I, I just thought that was amazing. And like you said, I, I, I do my best to kind of give back in an informal way, but you took it a step further and kudos to you for doing that. I really just wanted to, uh, I think that's amazing. And I, I think you should be really proud of that because I know you're impacting a lot of lives. <laughs> much. I, I appreciate it. it that, uh, that helps with a sleepless night sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let that be your energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your coaching style. What is your strongest asset as a coach? Ooh, um, hmm, lots of things I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. So my coaching style generally is more coach advisor. Um, okay. Because I, I think in the especially in the in the coaching world, there's generally a um, a discomfort with hmm, how do I word this. So in when you when you look and talk to sort of coaches, if you do any sort of things in the coaching space, there's always this idea of this is what coaching is. Um, sure. You're supposed to ask all these questions and, you know, through question and answer, you kind of move people to, um, to kind of break down barriers and limiting beliefs to move them from where they are to where they're supposed to go to and provide them some strategies and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. But, I, but what I found is like people sort of, they appreciate being told what to do. Mm. Like if you coach, you kind of say, yes, think through this, but also they appreciate the advice. They appreciate like the benefit of perspective. Um, gotcha. And sometimes it's not always, that may not always be the way to go, but if people are open to it, I don't always feel like as, as a coach, you should withhold it because you are just coaching. Um, and so definitely my coaching style is, very much um almost like a cross between being a coach and a mentor uh mm-hmm. where i have quite i a lot of my coaching relationships have become end up becoming quite personal mm-hmm. 
with obviously with boundaries in place, but they become personal sure. that the women that I work with tend to then, you know, maybe see themselves in me or identify something beyond just the coaching experience that they're having. And they actually just want to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I go from coaching on careers to like getting calls on boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that these are all symbiotic things. If you're working with somebody on limiting beliefs, um, sure. the limiting beliefs you might be deal- you might be trying to break through in their career could actually be stemming from insecurities from like their parent, their like a parent or something that yeah. happened in their childhood or something that happened in a romantic relationship. And so like our life just is so interwoven that I feel like it's hard to coach solely sure. with getting into the weeds, you know, with people and kind of their lives. And, you know, of, of course I'm a, a bit of an empath as well. So I have to be careful and not to like over invest because then I just end up carrying on people's problems. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think that that approach is always has been really welcomed by the people that I've worked with. Um, but in terms of, I guess my strongest asset as a coach is yeah, that style, but also like, I generally just sort of, I lead with, uh, with generosity and with authenticity, like I kind of tell it as it is. Um, and also I don't, I don't shy away from using myself as, as an example. And, And in particular, one of the things that I find is a lot of quote unquote executive coaches or career strategists, they're more like psychologists, uh, as opposed to people who are in industry. Um, so I think that when I have conversations, because I am also working on my career, yeah. um, a lot of times as I'm, you know, I, I'm always preaching to myself as I talk to my clients, I'm also telling myself, well, you need to do that too, sis. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm also building my career. And so I am, I am lifting as I'm climbing uh, and I think people kind of welcome that because it's not just an arbitrary, like random coaching conversation. It's actually like someone who's also building their career. So they can see my growth. Um, they can see how I'm, how I'm applying the concepts that I'm teaching or, or coaching or strategizing on. They can see how I'm applying that in my career uh, and how that is yielding results or how I'm reshaping some of my ideas, um, you know, based on the outcomes that I'm, that I'm getting. So so a number of different factors, but I would say, yeah, my, my, my coaching style, yeah, is more of a coach advisor type, type thing. Um, I don't mind having sort of, you know, developing personal relationships with people that I, that I end up working with. And I do think that the fact that I am, you know, in industry as well, and, you know, growing my career is a valuable asset to uh, being able to help people kind of navigate the challenges that they have in the workplace. Definitely, definitely. And as a coach, I'm sure you've, you've coached, coach slash mentored uh, several, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of women. Mm. What do you feel keeps women from investing in themselves? Um, two things always come up mm, is com- this, this talk of, of confidence, mm. um, not just not just that, not just confidence in, ab- in abilities, but I find that one of the biggest blocks is actually people feeling like they, they are not worthy of mm. what it is that they're working towards. So it's not just like I, I can or cannot do something is even if I can or cannot do that, I don't feel like I deserve that. And so self-esteem, low self-esteem, low self-esteem type thing. Um, okay. It can be, you know, we come from a long road, you know, <laughs> women, we come from a long history of yeah. disenfranchisement, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's actually not that long ago where we, women couldn't vote. It's not that yeah. long ago where women didn't go to school. It's not that long ago that women couldn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some environments, it's still like that. Being Nigerian, they're parts of my country where like, you know, 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds are child brides. Oh, um, kids are sold off to like a 50 year old man basically because the 50 year old man would take care of the family um so you know people basically so women are still traded you know when you look at sort of the the world of um you know like se- you know sex sexual trafficking and things like that mm-hmm. you know and it's this idea that you know 
there is still a huge population. I feel like a woman's only asset is her body and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there, I think we're, we're definitely as a, as a community or as a global community of women, there's still a significant amount of disenfranchisement, you know, amongst us. And so I do think that that does yield to a lot of self-esteem issues. I think that one of the things that women definitely have to uh, protect is their confidence and their self-esteem. And if they don't have it, they have to work triple hard yeah. to gain it. Otherwise, you just cannot move forward. So that's that's definitely like one thing I feel like, you know, you know, what keeps what keeps women not pushing forward is this idea of like this worthiness piece. But I also think it's um, it's also putting other thinking that others are more important than themselves because we have sort of this, you know, maybe inherent nurturing uh, thing about mm-hmm. us. So we, we yeah. are we are re- even before we are we become mothers or wives or you know mm-hmm. those more sort of familiar take on those more familiar roles because it's an inherent thing we already do it even as young people you know we we give more than we receive we try to do for others um before we do for ourselves we try not to be selfish or um you know self-focused as i say mm-hmm. and i think there's always that so when you want to you want to invest in yourself you want to spend time you want to you want to take time out for your mental health or you want to invest in your business you're already thinking about you know who who is this this action i'm about to take who is it going to affect so we think we're constantly thinking in spirals of like who is gonna you know who is gonna be affected by by whatever it is that I'm doing, as opposed to thinking how am I gonna be affected by what I'm doing or not doing. So we definitely look more outward and not as not as in. I, I say that carefully because I know that we're not a, women are not a monolith. Um, yeah. So. So this might be some experience, but I also know there are people who don't have that experience at all. Sure um and so yeah so I, I I think it's it's in the majority but it may not it I, I don't think it is you know it's it, it represents every single person but it's sure. the majority of what I see I'm sure and and to piggyback off of that so there's all these external factors that are playing a role in how much confidence we have in ourselves and all of that stuff right so how do you motivate yourself and your clients Hmm. How do I? Well, two different things, actually. I think. How do I motivate myself? Uh, for me, is being pretty. Over time, I've got clearer on my path, and um, I don't like to use the word purpose, but it's probably the only word that comes to mind right now. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's just shall I say, I, I've got more clearer on the impact that I'm supposed to have in the world, in this season, at least. Um, I know that as I grow, that that can change and that can evolve. And I'm open to that because I do think that purpose evolves because we always yes. talk about purpose as almost like a very static thing. And it's really not because it changes. I um, so I think when with that clarity, I always have to then think like every every action that I take and everything that I do is, is, is toward that. And, and that's like, you know, Simon Sinek said, you know, st- you know, start with why. And so yeah. when that sort of clarity of that, why I feel like it, it you kind of can't sit still. It overwhelms you so much that you just have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I used to pray, like you know, one of the prayers I used to pray a, a long while ago is I was like, you know, God, like, you know, break my heart for something like such that I, I, I cannot, I cannot, but do something about it. Yeah. I won't be able to sit. I won't be able to sit in a place of inertia, you know? So give me a problem that I would not be able to ignore. Mm. Thing. Um, Cause I just really, I was desperate for a sense of like, you know, more than myself. And so that mm. really drives me. And I think with that in mind, I'm constantly thinking, you know, who, who am I called to serve? Who am I called to impact? How can I do that? Um, what are the avenues? You know, where am I right now with everything else that I'm doing? What do I have time for? So even though I, I have, I'm clear on, I'm clear on purpose and impact. I'm also pragmatic on timing. They're only 24 oh, yeah. hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. So there's some things that you want to do, but you actually fundamentally can't do because you don't have the time resource mm-hmm. uh, or the money resource um, to do it, whatever, whatever resources you need. 
but 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 knowing that even if I don't do it now, because I'm clear on the what and the why, eventually I'll get I'll get to do what I want to do if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And so motivation for me is just getting up in the morning and doing at least one thing towards that, mm-hmm. towards sort of alternate future. And, and literally one thing might be sending an email. One thing might be creating a whole course. Like so it can be really yeah. small, really big, but it's still one thing um, toward that and just you know keeping it at the forefront of my mind and, and every at every sort of point um I'm constantly thinking okay this is where you are right now what could this look like and then what are the yeah. steps in between that um but I'm I'm always very focused on you know again it's everything you do is for the one it's not for and I think in this world with social media with lots of KPIs and things that everyone tracks yeah. and does you can really really get lost Mm-hmm. In, um in the numbers rather than the impact uh and so for me it's always about finding points of impact and um you know opening myself to even like to hear stories of how people's lives have been changed by something that I did or at least impacted by something that I did um and those are like really really heartwarming and definitely are huge source of motivation when I'm tired I know like I need you need to push through because you know you if you don't do this, it's gonna, it's it's actually costing someone something. Um, so I don't think there's a bigger motivation than that um, for myself. And then I guess with my clients, it's it's sort of similar. I, I try to mm-hmm. get to a like to help them clarify what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, what are what are your like what is it that you are that you are sort of uniquely built for? What is the thing that breaks your heart what is the problem that you want to solve what is this thing that you that can encapsulate your life and give and then give you sort of a problem that you can't ignore um and so that's kind of what i i just basically try to mirror uh sort of sort of my motive my motivational experience um with other people and in doing that it's, it's all about sort of you know sometimes clarity sometimes it's re- sometimes it's redirection uh sometimes just helping people break through barriers um because a lot of people actually know exactly what they want to do but they just don't think that they can mm-hmm. uh, or they deserve to so I think it's it's kind of going through all of that but once we're able to really paint that picture I, I always see that motivation is actually not the thing they just they just move because <laughs> now they have strategy and they just go um yeah so yeah so I think of everything you you only I think I feel like you only need motivation when you don't have clarity when you have clarity it's a good you point will, when you have clarity you cannot ignore it it's gonna be it's gonna be the first thing you think about in the morning it's gonna be the last thing you think about at night yeah that's until, until you do something about it so I don't think you need motivation when you have clarity or purpose and sort of that sense of direction um no one's gonna tell you to get up and do what you need to do yeah that's yeah, so true. That's a good point. That's a good point. And it sounds like you've got a fantastic balance <laughs> with the clarity and knowing the projects that you are most passionate about. So when you're working on a project, what's the one thing that you carry in your toolbox? Mm. <laughs> like physical thing? Oh, no, no. It doesn't. It, that's more kind of like a metaphor, but like it's, it's, for example, like if I'm working on a project, one of the main things that I want to make sure that I have is, you know, the timing, clarity, all of that good stuff. So it doesn't have to be physical. It's just what is the one, it could even be like an emotion, if you will. So what is the one thing that you need in order to make sure that that project is a success? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. So I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, so I got it. So something for me uh one thing i need is is my why i don't do anything there you go yep um so if i don't have a reason it just doesn't work and so i was actually sharing with a friend the other day that whenever we have our team meetings this is what our team meetings look like (laughs) someone says someone brings an idea and i say okay that's great why why are we doing that exactly they kind of you know they do the thing oh we should do that um you know some other organization is doing the same thing it's going to improve our numbers and i just keep going why like why because we need to get down to 
for us, at least with visibility, everything we have to do has to serve the one. And we always say that, how does this serve the one? So if we run this event, how does it serve the one? Mm. Um, is it just for pictures? Is it just for social media buzz? Is it just so that we can do something, you know? If we're going to do this interview, how does it serve the one? If we're going to create this course, how is it different from what we've already created? Mm. Um, so what that does to for, you know, for at least in my, in my company is, it just means when we're focusing on the important stuff and not and, and kind of pushing away the noise and and it helps us with our decision making it helps us with um it motivates everyone it pushes everybody to the right direction we are very very clear because this is why we're doing this is the impact that we're going to create out of it um and we're all we're all together moving in the same direction so definitely one thing for anything that i do is why why are we doing this or you know why am i doing this and, it, and and actually, those are two separate points because some things need to be done, but they don't necessarily need to be done by you. Oh yes. Um, oh, so it's also <laughs> a question. It's like, okay, why are we doing this, or why is this being done? Why should this exist? Why is this, you know, that just getting clarity on that? But then also, you, Mary, Moshe, and Amy, why do you need to be part of this? <laughs> you know, and just exactly. having that clarity. What is it? What what can you add to it? what is it going to add to you um because it always needs to be a two-way street mm -hmm. and just you know so for me it's kind of why on two levels um it's you know the, the thing the product itself but then you know the me and what i feel like i can what i feel like i can give and gain from it could yeah. not agree with you more <laughs> could not agree with you more so again it's easy to look back on it, you know, look back on our, our journey and be like, oh, I would have done this. I would have done that because we have all of that knowledge right now. Right. But what advice would you have given to yourself if you were younger? So what advice would you give to your younger self? Huh? Well, I still think I'm my younger self. So it's probably the that's same all thing. right. That's all right. <laughs> but here, let me make it more specific. Yes. Because we're, I, yeah, I consider myself young too. So, <laughs> Let's go back. Let's put, let's put a, let's put a time frame on it. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago? 10 years ago, I would say, chill out. Yeah. That's what I would say to myself. It's just, just chill out. I okay, you sound high strung like I am. So I'm, all right. I'm extremely <laughs> type. I'm so type A. I, I, yup. I, I'm A to a level that is actually like, wow, <laughs> it's mind boggling how type A I am. Yep. So yep. I like, I, I like to be in, I like to be all things to all people, all places everywhere. I, I think that everything needs to be done now, now, now. I literally yep. live with a time clock in my head and a strong sense of urgency. Everything is urgent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. And it's in one place, but it also means that sometimes you are, you forget to appreciate your growth. You forget to enjoy where you are. Yeah. Rather than always thinking about how do I make it better? How do I change? How do I move? Like constantly having a regular, like a, like a constantly filled up to-do list. Yes. So if I was thinking of myself, I know there were different seasons that I could have done things differently. I could have enjoyed each season differently and so I I, I think mm -hmm. you know in my 20s there are things that I'm probably trying to do now that I probably should have done in my 20s mm -hmm. um, but the, my 20 year old self just kept on thinking I want to get this done before I'm 30 yeah but now my 30 year old self is like you're still trying to get this stuff done so you probably should just chilled out a little bit <laughs> enjoy your 20s you know um so yeah, so I think that for me is the, is the chill out thing. And so I'm still telling myself that, you know, mm. because there's always this clock, right? I'm 35 now. I'm thinking I need to get this done before I'm 40. But I'm actually like, girl, <laughs> chill. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm now like trying to go back and just think to myself, like, don't, don't be at 40 what you are at 30 looking backwards and thinking you should have done this. You should, you should have done this differently. So I'm kind of giving myself this warning sign. Like, this is the time travel with your friends, um, enjoy work, enjoy your work. And if you're not enjoying it anymore, keep it moving. Like don't, don't be in anything too long, <laughs> you know, longer than it serves you. Yep. Uh, 
find freedom to be, you know, to be brave and make decisions. Don't let anyone, um, you know, get in your in the way of your decisions. I mean, it's just it's just a very different season, right? It's just a very different season. I remember in my twenties, I used to like do a lot of things because my parents would say so, right? And now in my thirties, I've lost one parent, and it does change your perspective because now I'm not, I don't, I have one less person to report to, yeah, uh, or one less person to necessarily you know consider when i'm making a decision and i sometimes i just think actually maybe i shouldn't have considered them at all i should have just done my own thing yeah yeah you get older or you get you get you get you get i don't know if it's wiser but you at least get more circumspect (laughs) and you just think listen everyone's gonna live their own life so just get on with yours exactly exactly and as someone who recently just turned 40 i'm gonna tell Mm -hmm. you right now just chill (laughs) chill out (laughs) I I am so serious about that because I don't know what it is. Again, I felt very drawn to like your mission and everything. And I'm like, man, she reminds me a lot of myself, just like in the financial sector, if you will. But yeah, recently turned 40 and I'm like, man, I wish I would have just calmed down when I was younger because to your point, that to-do list is forever going to be there. (laughs) Certain goals are just going to take longer than others. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, it's just, um, you know, and actually the other thing that I'm learning in this season is people are gonna, you know, we always feel like I have to do this. I have to do that. And like, I actually hope I have to say to myself, you know, you don't have to do anything. Like you, you do things because you want to do them. You don't have like this whole idea of I have to, like yeah. I'm trying to scrap that from my my vocabulary completely like the moment I say oh I have to send that email because my email list is going to be waiting for an email like I'm done <laughs> like that is yes. the part where I'm like nope people are going to accept what you give them yeah because if you didn't give it to them they just won't have it yeah so there needs to be some gratitude like yeah. I, have to, I have to value myself to say you know what you give people they should they should be grateful for it and not be entitled to it yes different perspectives so for me I'm just like every time like yeah of course there's see there's structures and there's you're running a business you have things to do it's cool but the moment I'm just you know I'm, I get into this sort of I have to I have to I have to then I just feel like I've just lost the point um, yeah, because a chore it becomes a chore so the love isn't there right the love isn't there exactly so I want to send um I want to coach when I when I want to so I regularly switch off my calendar actually um, which is yeah. weird because I look at you like, oh my God, I regular, I can switch up my calendar at any point. I can just say like, if I don't have people who have booked in for like, um, a long, I can just decide, okay, listen, January, I don't have any like clients, um, in that month, I'm just going to turn it off. So I know like, I'm looking forward to a, a four week period where like, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. Uh, and, and just being able to say like, I, cause I want to do it all from a place of like a full place, not a not a you know it's not someone who's under pressure tension mm-hmm. like just the in the in the I have to space I want to do it because I I can I'm in the right place in my mind I have a good mindset I have a healthy outlook and that's what I that's where I want to pour from not mm-hmm. like yeah. this starving <laughs> exhausted <laughs> like I don't want that like that's not going to serve anyone let you know least alone me um yeah. so yeah. yeah you know no, what you just said reminded me of that saying you can't pour from an empty cup yeah 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 exactly. yeah yeah so. so I cannot believe this we're almost approaching 2023 I don't know about you but time oh, seems to be far right that's crazy right uh, <laughs> so 2020 like it just flew by it did it, mm-hmm. it, it completely did so I know this may be a little odd, and if you don't have a word, that's perfectly fine. But if you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Oh, easy. Execute. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Execute. Why? Because I'm a planner. So I can go into inertia, just thinking about everything, trying to map Mm. everything out. I want to know the end like I want to like I think that I'm an architect and my whole life is just drawing out plans 
But the mm-hmm. fact is, every architect need, needs a builder. You actually need to get the stuff done. You cannot, like nothing it. gets done if you only stay at the, the blueprints. And that's just, I'm a blueprint girl. Um, yeah. But I had to adopt the like, that's cool. That's, this is a blueprint, but, you know, execute. Like, that's stop exactly. taking courses. Stop, like, you've taken too many courses. <laughs> like, you've, you know, you've done, you've taken too many courses. You're taking too many um you know you've tried to hire too many people you've you know you've yes. over, you've overthought the process what you actually need to do is to learn in the jungle you need to just go out there get it done learn from the mistakes revise and go again so this is no longer the time to um because i think it's just a form of self sabotage actually when mm-hmm. we just sit in a place and we're constantly thinking Ah, I want to do something, but oh, let me buy this expensive course <laughs> and do it first. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do it because the fact is you're going to do the course and then you're still not going to do anything. So yeah, so execute for me was like 2022 is listen, no more planning, no more writing down notes. Mm-hmm. Execute. This year, the book is out. This year, the course is out. This year, like you're just going to do it. And, and if whatever you can't do, you're going to continue to do it next year. So even my word for 2023 is also execute. <laughs> Keep executing is my word for next year. Too. I might actually steal your word because I, <laughs> I do a word every year. And this year for me was, um, was cultivate because mm. like yourself, I had a lot of, a, a, a lot of things that i wanted to do, but I did have a little bit of a growing pain. So some of that stuff, I wanted to get a little bit better, but yeah, I, I like that. I really like that word execute that I might steal that from you. So 2023, yeah. we'll both probably share the same word and we'll see. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I mean, it makes a huge difference. And the other it day, does. I like a cousin of mine who was saying, oh, let's go for this like mastermind Yada yada yada, it's gonna cost six thousand dollars. Like she kind of, and I just remember thinking, you know, my my usual self would be like, Yeah, let's do it, you know, let's go. You know, we're gonna be it's gonna be great, it's gonna be all these women, it's gonna be amazing. And I just thought, yeah. how am I gonna help you execute? It's just gonna take it's just gonna two things, it's gonna drain your funds. Number yes. one, number two, it's gonna take it's gonna take out 10 days of your life that you could actually be doing something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nah, not not this year. Let's you know, let's 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 put a point in that. Let's think about it for 2023. If I have the time, yeah, or the, or the like the space, but that's not that's not what I'm about. Um, yeah. this yeah. year, this year is I just need to I need to move. I need to get things out. I need to get things done. Yeah, yeah. If there's something to be said. Time and time and place for everything. So I completely agree with you, especially when it comes to those masterminds. I feel like. It's got to be something really, really special for me to really yeah. be drawn towards that. Because again, my I'm more of, I want to do it. Like I, I have read enough. I, again, my background is research. So <laughs> I will analyze some data and some courses to death. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from on that one. Totally, totally, totally. So last but not least... What's the best advice for early career professionals seeking to experience success? Wow. Uh, This is everything I preach and teach every single day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I also wrote about in in my upcoming book, which is actually going to be released like literally like now. It's basically out. (laughs) It's basically out. In my book, Visible Strengths, I exactly talk about this because that's exactly, that's what it is. You know, Visible Strengths is a career guide for early career professionals. Um, and the three tenants are pretty much the advice that I would, I would still give. So the three tenants are this, if you want to find success, fulfillment, um, you know, authentic happiness, progress, and all the good things you need in your career, you always need to do three things. You need to capitalize on your strengths. You need to contribute value and you need to communicate your results. Mm-hmm. Um, capitalizing on your strengths means you actually need to know who you are. You know, self-awareness is the bedrock of self-mastery. You need to know who you are. You need to know what makes you tick. You need to know what you love. You need to clarify like what matters to you and all the like, and, you know, use that to guide you, um, in, you know, in positioning yourself in your career, right? Like there's just no point and no benefit of being in the wrong, in the wrong place. Right. Cause it's mm-hmm. just, Correct. you know, 
eat. So make sure you're positioned in the right place. And then when you are in the right place, you know, figure out what is valuable, what people consider valuable and do that. Like perform, 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 like do the work and do, and not just that, go above and beyond, do the extra thing. Uh, and whilst you're doing that, make sure you're learning, you're prioritizing yourself, but contribute value, but do it, don't do it alone. Do it with people, learn how to cultivate your network. Um, in all of that, build confidence along the way, do things that scare you. That's what challenges you, that what grows you. Um, but also be a healthy person, you know, don't contribute, don't try to contribute value and do a lot of things without thinking about your both your physical and your mental health. And then, and, and the last piece is, I said, you know, communicate your results. A lot of us do a lot of work, but we don't know how to translate that into our messaging. Um, mm. Nobody knows what you're doing unless you tell them. Exactly. Um, and so what creates new opportunities for you is when you're able to tell people the story of what you're doing and how it has, you know, what, you know, what you do, why you do it, you know, how you do it and how it is a solution to people's most desperate problems. If you need to learn how to tell that story very early on in your career uh, and continue doing it through your career, right? So those three things, again, would be to capitalize on your strengths, contribute value, and communicate your results. That is exactly what I've told myself at the start and what I'm telling early career professionals today. I love that. I love that so much. Mary, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, it's been great chatting with you, Tasha. Um, and yeah, and the Hustle and Faith community. <laughs> yes, thank you so much once again. And again, I know our audience has learned a ton from you. Please let us know how we can connect with you. Absolutely. So uh, my website is www.vshebility.com. It's basically a play on she and visible. So just put she in the middle of the word visible and you'll find us. Um, you can, or just Google me. <laughs> I know that sounds a little bit weird, but you know, you can Google me. Um, and I come up as well. And on Instagram, on LinkedIn, which is the most common platforms that we use to social media platforms, we are at visibility. Um, yeah, you can, you can find that page and you can find me through those pages. Uh, so yeah, that's fantastic. How you yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And all of that information is going to be on the Hustle and Faith website as well. Once again, Mary, I really appreciate you coming on to the show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, you risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode. For additional content from Hustle and Faith, check out our plan on the YouVersion Bible app titled, What Film is Playing on Your Screen?